Welcome to uh, Sober Talk. Uh, I'm Dennis, uh, and I have uh, lived the experience of an alcoholic. If you know of anyone is struggling with alcohol, please call Alcoholics Anonymous on 13-222-222 or check out the website aa.org.au. And I'll just do the preamble of Alcoholics Anonymous. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength and hope with each other, that they may solve their common problems and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. We are no dues of fees-free membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. A is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics or organisation does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses or opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics achieve sobriety. My name is Finn. I'm an alcoholic. And uh, I was a practicing alcoholic for 15 years. I, I started very young drinking. And... Uh, I joined uh, the Merchant Navy at 15 and a half, and I seemed to get into trouble straight away with alcohol. I um, I sent the Alcoholics Anonymous at uh, the age of uh, 22, and uh, of course I didn't want to be there. That's the last place I wanted to be, but uh, and I was in and out of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous five years uh, in that term that five year term I uh, I deteriorated with my drinking it never got better it got worse and uh, I was introduced to uh, Hillcrest Hospital Robertson House and uh, that was a ward that looked uh, after or tried to help alcoholics most of the therapists that were there nurses were non-practicing alcoholics, so they could identify quite easy, and I could identify easy with them. But uh, to no avail, I uh, I was in there three times, and eventually I'd start drinking again, you know, four months after I left, or whatever. And uh, I continued to drink until the age of uh, 27. I was 27 years old, and... Uh, I uh, got into Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, in a in a sort of state that I was absolutely in a mess. I was uh, I had ma- massive palpitations of the chest, and uh, my head shook from side to side. My nervous system was virtually completely gone, and uh, that continued for. Uh, for two years, these palpitations and uh, my head shaking. And uh, in the meantime, I uh, I got married, and uh, 
my wife said, why don't you go to the doctor and uh, he'll send you to a heart specialist. There might be something wrong with your heart. So uh, we did that. We made the appointment. We went down there and uh, he put me on the traveling machine and patches on the chest and checked me all out. And he said, there's nothing wrong with your heart. Nervous system is completely shot to bits. And uh, slowly but surely, that went away. But uh, I, uh, I was a real mess when I came came in the last time to Alcoholics Anonymous. And, uh, you know, all my travelling at sea and stuff like that when I was in the American Navy, I never saw anything. You know, I'd just, I'd go ashore and drink in the first bar and uh, just absolute mess, you know. Eventually I started missing ships and I'd be derelict overseas and uh, just an absolute nightmare. And, uh, but at the age of 27, I, I, as I say, I stopped drinking one day at a time, and I haven't drank since, you know. But I attend Alcoholics Anonymous, and I always do You know, um, I, uh, I suppose if everybody came into Alcoholics Anonymous and they stopped drinking straight away, I wouldn't have identified. But there was a lot of people that had gone out and, you know, tried again. Um, I, um, I have friends all over Australia. I, uh, traveled quite a bit when I got sober. Eventually when I retired, I, um, met some wonderful people, you know, not just, uh, in AA, but, uh, just general public, you know, some people call them ordinary people <laughs> that haven't got problems, but, uh, I uh, I just treat them as other human beings, you know. Once I stopped drinking, I was the person that uh, that had to accept my problem, and that's one of the worst things for an alcoholic. We uh, it's the only disease that our head will say we haven't got. It's very cunning. It's very baffling, and. Uh, but uh, I enjoy my life today. I, uh, I have a fairly normal life. I, uh, you know, I mix in society. I um, actually played soccer when I uh, started to get sober. And I enjoyed that part of my life. But um, if it wasn't for Alcoholics Anonymous, I'd be dead. I would have been dead years ago. You know, so uh, I got a second chance at life. And uh, the reason I attend Alcoholics Anonymous all the time is because there's no different. You know, I'm an alcoholic. And the key to this is to uh, continue attending. I've seen a lot of people stop, and uh, sadly they go back to their old way. And uh, it's pretty sad to see, really. Some you never see again. Some die. And uh, since I've been associated with Alcoholics Anonymous, I was a member of the Hillcrest Group for a long time after I got sober. And I've seen hundreds and hundreds of people come in. Some go, some come back. And 
son's day. So I'm very privileged to uh, to be sober. You know, there's uh, if you filled uh, we'd have to have pretty big maintenance of everybody that was an alcoholic and why I you know uh, there's just millions of people with this problem. One of the worst problems in the world. Uh, all I, uh, I, as I say, I love going to AA. I, uh, there's no, um, there might be other areas where people can get sober, but they seem to become uh, whatever they're sort of uh, trying to do with some other step thing or whatever. They they seem to become. Um, I don't know what you'd call it. it uh, there seem to be... Um, they, they get very institutionalized. You know, they just... Uh, they don't live a normal life. So, uh, I... Uh, you know, in, in society, you know, people say, oh, people don't understand. You know, alcoholics will say, nobody understands the alcoholic. And the only person that understands the alcoholic is the alcoholic, another alcoholic. Uh, sadly, people try, and people are very good trying to help. You know, but uh, you know, I uh, I find that uh, I can't. Uh, you know, you can go to the pub and say, "Look, uh, virtually I'm bankrupt." You know, they'll, uh, they'll call an ambulance for you, usually, and uh, or they'll say, oh, he's a bit sick, that bloke, he's a bit mental, you know, and, uh, but the, um, that's one of the greatest things, you know, and, and a lot of people most probably know that it started with two people. One wanted to drink and one didn't want to drink. And one of them, his doctor told him to ring this bloke. He doesn't want to drink. And you want to drink, then you talk to him. And by the end of that conversation with that two people, the one that wanted to drink didn't want to drink. And uh, the one that uh, wanted to stop drinking stopped drinking. And that's how it started. Very simple, really. You know, I... Um it, it, it's a great, uh, it's a great fellowship. Um, if people stumble and fall, we don't uh, discriminate against them. You know, we don't tell them, you know, you idiot or whatever. Uh, we welcome them back. We make them feel at ease. And uh, I remember being at meetings when I was young. And uh, an older member would come up to me in the meeting and uh, say to me, can you make this man, his name is Jimmy, can you make him a cup of coffee? And I'll say yes, and then he'll call me back and say, but just make it half a cup. You know, he would have the, uh, the shapes, the delirium tremors, that's what they called. And uh, I couldn't understand this half cup, but... A game of full cup, everybody would wear it. So uh, I, um, I continue to go. I continue to go. I continue 
I don't continue to go because uh, I uh, I want to maintain my sobriety. I want to maintain my uh, you know spiritual growth through this program. Threefold disease, and uh, that's in many ways why doctors can can help it or cure it or whatever. Right? They're they're dealing with the physical part, getting you well. But the uh, the mental part they can't deal with. And I find I find that if I also did some tests in uh, uh, people learning to be uh, counselors. I quite often do that. I'm asked by the uh, mental health to. Uh, and through AA, we need talkers that the uh, these people that uh, have been recruited to uh, deal with people with alcoholism, and uh, they say, you know, what do we do? And I said, well, the last thing you do is ask them how much they drink. If you ask them how much they drink, they'll just say, I've had a couple. And uh, the uh, the best thing for these uh, mental health people when they're on a course is uh, ask what happens when you drink, not how much you drink. And if you wanted any more information, I'd say it's be pretty hard to do. But uh, if I could shrink you into a little, like a little needle head and put you in my ear, (coughs) into my brain, you'd know what an alcoholic was if you did that to a practicing alcoholic. You'd you'd identify straight away because you'd be living the life with them, you know. And uh, it's amazing, really. It's, uh, I have lots of, my friends in Alcoholics Anonymous are—they're—they're uh, they're an extended family. You know, uh, you know, your loved ones might understand, but they don't understand fully. But uh, it's better that uh, you take your loved ones say to to a meeting and let them listen, or they can join Alamon. Organization that helps partners and children of the alcoholic. The um, the main aim is to uh, to be able to live life happily. And I'm not saying I'm happy every day. You know, I'd be lying if I said that. But I uh, I get through the day without having a drink. I have. No thought of a drink I haven't had for many, many years. And uh, that's absolutely amazing, really. It's a miracle. It's a miracle that these people get up and walk, you know, and uh, it's really good. Um, I uh, I will say that uh, Hillcrest Hospital was very good. It was extremely good. Uh, it's a pity... 
that Robertson House isn't there anymore. But maybe people will get to AA quicker without going to a rehab. You know, that you can always look at it that way. There's a lot more uh, advertising done now. And uh, the uh, where it started in America, I mean, you can walk down any street in New York and talk to the second person you meet on the street and say, look, you know where there's any AA meetings. And they'll tell you where it is, whether an alcoholic or not. But it's so developed there now. You know, it's been going for a long, long time. And uh, it's uh, sort of, uh, it's really well known and, and it's respected, the fellowship. So uh, I don't know how uh, much longer I can talk. You can ask Dennis, I'm usually pretty good at talking, I've got over time, but I, I sort of get stuck on the phone like this, you know. It's, uh, yeah. It's, Finn, what about what about when you were in the Navy overseas? Did you see many countries? No. I never really saw nothing. I uh, I would go ashore and hit the first bar and that was it. Uh, I don't know how many times I've been around the world. Uh, one of the biggest cities I ever went to was Tokyo. And... Uh, the ships were usually anchored out there, you know, and barges come along to discharge. And uh, we used to go ashore what they called taxi boats. And uh, I was actually, uh, we dropped the lifeboat and we decided we'd taxi people ashore. And I got the job of uh, steering the lifeboat to this small wharf. And at the end of that wharf, there was a little bar. And every time I'd take people ashore, I'd run up to that bar and start drinking. And then I'd go back on the boat if anybody was waiting there to go back to the ship. I started that about oh, 9 o'clock in the morning. And I was doing it until about 10 o'clock at night. And the last ship, when we took them on board, I, I fell off. I fell off the lifeboat. And I was steering the lifeboat. And... Um, of course, I was in the water in uh, in Tokyo Bay at night in the dark. Nobody could find me. And uh, there's boats running around all over the place trying to find me. You know. uh, they got me eventually. But uh, I've, uh, I used to steer ships to the harbour pilot uh, when the harbour pilot would come on board. And uh, we were in Singapore. And I was steering the ship to the harbour pilot. We were going out. And uh, I collapsed over the wheel after they dropped the harbour pilot off. And the officers, luckily the officers were in the chart room. And they could hear the compass. They could hear the kick, kick, kick of the compass. And uh, plus they could feel the boat turning. And the boat actually, by the time they got me up, you know, shook me. Uh, we were going back to Singapore, but we weren't going the same channel. We were going uh, across a reef. It was pretty close to having problems like that. And, I, you know, I'd been missing ships. I, I, I was six months in Italy, 
because, well, I was in the gutter. I was in the gutter. I uh, can remember one ship I was on. I went to uh, to India, to Cochin in India, and it was after the uh, just after the Pakistan and Indian uprising, and there was these uh, cattle trucks coming onto the wharf with people in them. And then they got off the cattle trucks and uh, they had to walk along the wharf in a line. And there was two big stanchions with people up on them. And one was uh, putting a hose on the people. And the next stanchion was uh, a guy putting delousing powder on these people. And I said to myself, God, if I ever get like that, you know? Uh, two years later in London, I paid off a ship in Liverpool and I went to London and uh, they were scraping, the police were scraping me off the uh, the park at Hyde Park and they'd take you back to the police station and they'd actually give you a shower and they start throwing this powder over you and when I think back, you know, those people two years prior was the people I didn't want to be like. That's what happened. You know, I came from a good home. I came from uh, beautiful parents. I was crucified. You know, and uh, I, uh, the sea life, the Lord said to me when I, uh, I made a mine on one of the ships, he said, if you want to stay in this career, You've either got to cut your drinking down. If you can't do that, you've got to stop altogether. Or leave, because you'll end up with nothing. And uh, that was very true. You know, I ended up with nothing with my state career. And, uh, you know, I was on good money. I was earning far more money than my father was earning. He was a carpenter here. But uh, the ships, yeah, I mean, I... uh, we used to climb, when we were coming back on board, instead of going up the gang, we used to have beers, you know, and we'd climb up the headlines, you know, that were yeah. attached to the wharf. And blokes would fall off, you know, one bloke was killed, he, uh, he hit the longest part of the bow on, on the ladder ship that I was on. But, um, you know, I, uh, the first ship I was on was 8,000 tons. Just to carry feet to two weight. It just fell off that ship. It never survived because it was always followed by sharks because they'd uh, be putting, you know, dead sheep over and stuff like that. So there was a trail of sharks behind the ship all the time. So uh, I fell in a hole in Port Adelaide. It had brain in it. Luckily, I was near the ladder and I could get back up. But the trip before, we were carrying scrap, scrap metal. So I would have been killed. You know, so uh, definitely, uh, you know, alcoholics know what hell is. And uh, they, um, they actually... Uh, the live a life of hell. There's no, there's no doubt about that. Most alcoholics should be dead with some of the problems that they cause. 
you know, to themselves and, uh, and other people. So it's, uh, it's just very mentally bad, especially for family. My mother, I lived in Elizabeth Vale, and uh, my mother used to walk out of the house in a nightdress and follow the path and creek in Elizabeth Vale, and uh, she'd be calling my name out. My father and, by that time, another member used to uh, look for her. So many times when I'd come home, I never knew where my mother was at home or whether she was dead, because I never wrote letters, nothing. I went away once for two years, and my parents never knew where I was. I was the only child. I put them to hell. And, see, they lived I drank for it. So, uh, I, uh, I, I was getting oblivion all the time. I was just, I'd go into blackouts. And sometimes I'd come to out of these blackouts, walking around just like any normal person. And, uh, you know, I'd lose days. Absolutely days. I was in a hotel once in Port Adelaide. Well, it was more than once. But uh, I came to, I was standing at the bar, I came out of this blackout, and uh, I said to myself, it was summertime, I knew that, and uh, is it morning or is it night? You know, it was the, the way the, uh, the nights are a little bit longer, you know, in the summer. And uh, I didn't know. So, being a, being a genius as an alcoholic, you know, I uh, said to myself, well, if it gets dark, it's night. If it stays light, it's day. And, uh, and then I said to myself, well, what day is it? So I couldn't ask anybody what day it was. So I, there was a boat studying the, uh, the horse racing and uh, in the newspaper. And I looked at I could see the date on the top of the on the top of the page. So that's the way it was for me. You know if an alcoholic goes on if an alcoholic goes on holiday, uh, they don't see much. They don't see much. And, uh, when they come home they forgot. They forget most of the stuff they did. You know, terrible, really. So, well, I haven't got a great deal more to say. And, uh, I'm very uh, privileged to be able to do this. I, uh, I think it's a wonderful thing, this, uh, this radio channel. Uh, even if you help one, you've succeeded. You've done it. You know, many people I went to try and help, and uh, even if I got one, you know, that was uh, pretty good. So, uh, yeah, that's about it. I don't think I can say anymore. Uh, okay, not a problem. Thank you very much, too. Welcome back. Uh... 
we have a number of uh, local uh, meetings in the area. There's a meeting every night in the uh, in this uh, in the Salisbury area. There's one Monday night meeting at Gawler at 8 p.m. Tuesday Elizabeth East at 8 p.m. Wednesday Elizabeth East at 8 p.m. Thursday at Two Wells at 8 p.m. Friday in Salisbury at 8 p.m. Saturday at Devron Park at 12 o'clock. Sunday in Salisbury at 7 p.m. And for further details of your local meetings, please call 1300 Once again, it's up to anyone you know struggling with the alcohol issues, please call Alcoholics Anonymous on 1300 or check out their website at a.org.au. I don't want to be the girl who laughs the loudest Or the girl who never wants to be 